Well, howdy! This podcast is a proud member of the Podcon Go Network. Podcon Go. Family-friendly shows that are fun for everyone. Welcome to Elderberry Tales. Take your horse over to the stable and settle down. It's time for a story. Today's story is The Wager, adapted by Elaine L. Lindy from a Scandinavian folktale. This story is used with permission from the website Stories to Grow By. Head on over to storiestogrowby.org to read this story and so many more. Many years ago, in Denmark, there was a poor father who lived with his son in a small cottage. Every day they had to work hard to earn enough money to live. The father worked as a laborer. His son, John, ran errands. One hot summer day, the son was sent a long distance to deliver a letter. After he had walked quite a while, he noticed a willow tree by the water, Its roots were exposed and drying out, so young John covered them up with moist soil. And then, what was that in the soil? Without a doubt, it was a wallet, one that was full of money. John ran back to the town and asked everyone he met if they had lost a wallet. Soon, a horseman came galloping by. When John asked him, the horseman replied that, In fact, that very morning, he had dropped his wallet on the way from home. He described it in great detail, and so John returned the wallet to him. It turns out that the man on the horse owned a large estate in the nearby town of Ostergaard. He was so grateful that he immediately gave the boy a generous reward. What's more, he asked the lad if he would like to work at his estate. He would pay room and board and wages besides. Yes, I would indeed, answered John, delighted to find steady work. He delivered the letter he had been given that morning, then he rushed home to share the good news with his father. In three days' time, John would move to Ostergaard. It so happens that the next day, the man who owned the estate in Ostergaard was entertaining company. The lord of the manor was bragging to his guests about his new servant. The man was so honest and faithful and honorable, said he, that it would simply not be possible to trick him into telling a lie. I wouldn't be so sure of that if I were you, said one guest. He was also a lord and owned an estate in the neighboring town of Nebegard. I think that if he were tempted enough, he would tell a lie, said the Lord of Nebegard. So sure was the Lord of Ostergaard about the honest nature of his new servant that he immediately said he would place as large a wager as his neighbor pleased that he could not get John to tell a lie. Whichever Lord won the wager would also win the entire estate of the Lord who had lost. The Lord of Nebegard thought of a plan. First, 
he would write a letter to his daughter, a lovely young maiden back home in Nebegard, to be delivered by John. In the letter, he would ask his daughter to trick young John into giving her his master's horse. Then, when the young man returned to his master, without the horse, surely he would make up some sort of lie to explain why the horse was gone. And so, the Lord of Nebegard wrote the letter to his daughter. He told her about the wager and stressed how important it was for him to win. He wrote that the young man who delivered the letter was John and that she should seem as friendly toward him as possible. So the Lord of Nebegard sealed the letter and gave it to the Lord of Ostergard, who called at once for John. He asked his new hire to deliver the letter to the Nebegard estate. John, said he, this is your first errand in my charge. Take my horse so that you can return more quickly and deliver this letter to my guest's estate in Nebegard. Now, do not ride too fast or by any means lose the horse. This is the finest and most valuable in my stable. John said that he would do as his master told him. After a while, he climbed off the horse and led the animal on foot. That way he could spare the creature the work of carrying him. Of course, this took more time. It was nearly dark by the time he reached Nebegard. When the young lady read her father's letter, she at once behaved in the most friendly manner toward John. Actually, this was not hard for her to do, since from the first moment she saw the lad, she felt drawn to him. Yet she must do as her father had asked. So, she entertained John in the most sumptuous manner. They laughed and talked well into the night. Just after midnight, she offered him a drink in a jeweled cup, which contained sleeping powder. When the lad was tired and drowsy and more than a little bit lovestruck, she begged him to let her keep the horse. With a yawn, he agreed. Then John fell deeply asleep. The next morning, John found that he no longer had the horse. Sadly, he took the saddle and bridle and wandered back to Ostergaard. As he walked along, it struck him how foolishly he had acted to give away his master's horse. What shall I say when I reach home? He moaned, and my master finds that the horse is gone. Well, John, he will say, have you executed my errand and delivered the letter? I shall answer, yes. Then my master will say, what has become of my horse which I entrusted with you? What will I say? Perhaps I should say, I met a band of robbers who took the horse from me. He stopped in the path and shook his head. No, no, that will never do. I have never yet told a lie. I will not start now. Then John imagined how disappointed his father would be to find out how poorly he had behaved in his new job, and on his very first errand, too. Another thought rose to mind. I know. I will say that the horse fell down and that I buried it in a ditch. Oh, no, that won't do either. John sighed. Before long, 
John decided that he would say that the horse had suddenly run away and had shaken off his saddle and bridle, which was why he was carrying them. Long before he reached the front door to the estate at Ostergaard, the guests saw him coming from the distance. They could tell he was carrying the saddle and the bridle. Here comes your truthful boy, exclaimed the Lord of Nebegard. Look how slowly he comes, and without the horse. You know the instructions I gave my daughter in the letter. Who do you think will win the wager now? The Lord of Ostergaard saw John also. He was very angry at seeing him return without the horse. As soon as the boy entered the house, he was called up to where all the guests were assembled. Well, John, bellowed John's master, have you finished and delivered the letter? Yes, I have, gracious master, said the boy, trembling. And what has become of my good horse, with which I entrusted you and ordered you to take such good care? John did not dare to meet his master's gaze and cast his eyes on the ground. In a low, sorrowful voice, he said, The lady's arm was soft and round, her manner sweet, her cup I downed. My senses took a different course, and thus I lost my master's horse. When he had finished, his master embraced him in joy. You see, he exclaimed, I knew well enough this lad would speak the truth. Which of us has won the wager now? Young John was stunned. Why would his master be pleased with him? Then his master clapped John on the back of his shoulder. He cried, Be of good heart, my boy. As you have kept to the path of truth and right, when you are old enough, I will give you both house and land, and horses too. So pleased was he to win the wager that the Lord of Ostergaard allowed the Lord of Nebegard to keep his estate, after all. He invited John's father to come live with them. For her part, the maiden was delighted to learn that John had proven himself to be honest and true. She was sorry for her part in getting him to give up the horse. He quickly forgave her, and before long, they were married. Over time, the Lord of Ostergaard, who had no sons of his own, declared John to be the full heir to his estate. And so John and his new wife, always honest to each other, lived happily together. This story is about lying. And I wish I could tell you that I was like John and had never told a lie in my entire life, but that's just not true. I have actually told lies. And I think that when I was a child, if I were given the same challenge as John, I honestly don't know what I would have done. If I would have been able to stay as honest as he was or not. When someone has been counting on you and you make a big mistake and let them down, it is really hard to go back to them 
and tell them honestly what happened. Tell them truthfully that you made a mistake, knowing that they're probably going to be really mad at you. It's not always easy to be honest. For me, it took practice. I've always cared a lot about what other people thought of me, and because of that, I had to practice being honest. And I'm still not perfect at it. But stories like this, and some of my own life experiences, have really taught me that being honest is the right thing to do in a situation like this. If John had told a lie about the horse, not only would his master have lost the bet, but they would have known that he was lying, and he would have gotten into more trouble. Not only trouble for losing the horse, but also trouble for telling the lie. And his master and everyone else would not have been willing to trust him again. Because he was honest, they now know that he's a person who makes mistakes. He's the kind of person that could lose his master's horse. But they also know that he's not the kind of person that would lie. And so they would probably be willing to trust him again with more responsibilities. I'd like to encourage you to think a little bit about yourself. If you were in the same situation as John and you had lost the horse, would you have been able to be honest about it? Would it have been easy for you? Or would it have been really hard for you? Like, I think it would have been hard for me. The next time you make a mistake, And I'm sure you will make a mistake. We all do. Whether it's spilling milk or breaking something or hurting a friend's feelings. The next time you make a mistake, you will have the opportunity to practice this kind of honesty. Admit what you did instead of trying to cover it up. And see how it goes. I hope that you too will find that being honest doesn't fix everything, but it keeps things from getting a lot worse. This story was adapted by Elaine L. Lindy from the story Temptation that appears in the book Scandinavian Folk and Fairy Tales, edited by Claire Boss. Thanks again to Stories to Grow By for making this story and so many others available for me to share with you. And thanks to you for listening to Elderberry Tales. I'll see you again quite soon.